Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. Time to get it started with First and Ten with Vinny Bonsignor and Sam Gordon. What is good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Vegas Nation. First and Ten, your weekly go-to for Raider news and analysis. As you can see, I got my great (laughs) friend and colleague here at the Las Vegas Review Journal and Vegas Nation, Sam Gordon. But before we get to Sam and probably a little Josh Jacobs talk, maybe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we're coming up to the witching hour with him. We certainly are, Vinny. Uh, there's there's options out there, maybe some real, some unrealistic. We're going to get into all of that. But first of all, I want to remind you that uh, all of Vegas Nation podcasts, including First and Ten, uh, are presented by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and brought to you by Blue Wire and the Las Vegas Review Journal, Sam Gordon. Uh, first of all, first and foremost, and to Larry Muir, our great producer, and everyone else that was part of... What can only be described as just first-class, excellent coverage of the Golden Knights Stanley Cup uh, run. Um, kudos to you yeah, and everybody. You, you're going to be the fa- today. You're going to be the face of that coverage. I appreciate you, man. Um, because you were front and center. So, uh, I, real quick, and I've covered championship teams. Yeah, I covered yeah, yeah. Laker teams. Uh, covered Rams team that went to the Super Bowl didn't quite win it. Um, but I've, I've been part of coverage teams, and it's it's exhilarating. It's exhausting. It's fulfilling. It's kind of like the highest level of what you aspire to do uh, in this business. Uh, but what were snapshots of, of, of covering something so meaningful and impactful, especially here in Las Vegas? Well, first and foremost, Vinny, the atmosphere at T-Mobile Arena. I mean, this is the is one of the best atmospheres I've been in any kind right. of sport in my career up to this point. I so, it, yeah, it's you got it's incredible. It's, it. it's an incredible the electricity and just seeing. The absolute highest level, the highest stakes, yes. um, is incredible. It, right. You can't duplicate that kind of intensity. You can't. It's it's something that only gets brought out because of the stakes are what they were. So right. that being said, um, really cool to see the way sports can galvanize a city, a community, oh, yeah. and that's what the Golden Knights have done since day one, since they got here. And it was all kind of a full circle moment, right? Bill Foley, you know, Cup and Six. The, obviously, the prediction came true, and. What I think really was highlighted throughout the course of Stanley Cup playoffs, especially in the championship, is just, again, the love, the genuine love and connection of what the Golden Knights mean to this community. That was all on display throughout the course of the playoffs. And then on Saturday at the championship parade, just an unbelievable event for Las Vegas, right. event for the Golden Knights, event for the city. Right. You know, you circle it back to the Raiders, and, um, you know, there's, there's probably, uh, depending on where your vantage point is, it might seem like a long ways off for that to happen, for them to be get to the pinnacle of, of the NFL, which obviously is the Super Bowl. Um, but as the Golden Knights showed, there's no, you you can't, there's no jurisdicting how long it might take or how long it might not take. Um, you put the right pieces together and catch lightning um, in, in a bottle. Anything is possible. Um, so we don't know when it's going to happen for the Raiders. We don't know if it's ever going to happen for the Raiders. Uh, but if it did, um, do you feel like the Raiders can be a galvanizing force here in Las Vegas, um, much like the Golden Knights were? If, if they win. If, yeah. If, yeah. if you build That's it, they, if like you, if, yeah. Would, if, that, would, that, would that same type of ride happen with the Raiders? I, I think it would. I, I think it would, and I think it, that's what it comes down to is, it was winning, right? If you build it, they will come. Right. And the, the, it's no secret, the first few years here in Las Vegas, ups and downs. We've mm-hmm. seen, I think at various junctures, how electric Allegiant Stadium can be with – Raider fans, yep. and we've seen other times where there's it feels like there's hardly any Raider fans there. Right. So it's about building a consistent winner 
That's what the Knights have done. That's mm-hmm. the standard that they've set. They're a first-class organization. They've been aggressive at the right times. Right. They've also been patient at the right times. Lo and behold, you have a Stanley Cup championship. But as far as it pertains to the Raiders, the NFL team here was good. I mean, it would add, a, I think, a whole other level yeah. to what the fabric of the sporting city has already become. Right, and it's interesting, and we're definitely continue to get on the Raiders. But, you know, there's news that the A's are coming now. Um, another team that is coming from elsewhere trying to, in, you know, uh, uh, kind of get into the bloodstream here in Las Vegas and uh, create their niche and their fan base. Um, not quite sure exactly how that's going to go. Uh, it remains to be seen. I think there is, there is an appetite for baseball and obviously the major leagues uh, here in Las Vegas. But to what extent, that'll be interesting to see. And then very soon after that, uh, I'm predicting 2027, 2028, the NBA will be here. Yep. And that will be a team, much like the Golden Knights, who are born here. Yep. Um, and I think that does make a little bit of a difference. And, and I'm, I'm curious, do you think that there's a um, ceiling to all this? Like where would where this area um, is, is just oversaturated, with, which is ironic to even contemplate to think about thinking right? about just eight years ago. Yeah. The, the, the thought of one yeah. uh, sports team, professional sports team in, in, in here was bordering on ludicrous. And now we're literally talking about are they going a little bit too fast, too soon, too far? I mean, it is happening. <clears throat> it is happening quickly. There's no denying that how rapid kind of this ascent has been. But there's a reason for it. There's there's definitely a reason for it. It's, it's such a unique market. Uh, it's a transient market. It's it's so accessible in so many different ways. And the infrastructure here with the hotels, with the convention space and all that, it supports big events and, and sports. Sports fall under the big, umbrets, uh, big events umbrella. So... I don't know. It's a great question. I think we'll get a better feel for that as time goes on, as we learn more about what happens, what the next steps are with the A's, what the next steps are with NBA expansion. But the appetite for sports, I think, for professional sports here um, is 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 as robust as, as right. it's ever been. I think the Golden Knights reflect that, and, and kind of we'll see what the next steps are. And I think um, the, 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 the spirit here uh, in Las Vegas, um, somebody described it to me. We may have talked about this last week. I don't remember, but – um, no isn't in the vocabulary here. Mark Davis, the Raiders owner, told me that the difference between what he was dealing with in California compared to here in Las Vegas is things might, it might be difficult. That idea might be audacious and ambitious and difficult to get to, but nobody ever says no. It's like, okay, how do we figure this mm-hmm. out? And the, 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 the saying that I've heard is, um, yes is the answer. What's your question? Which is a, a great way to a great way to look. Now you wrote some articles um, being critical of the A's, mm-hmm. and and I and I was I was with you in the context of um, how much is the state willing to give. There was probably a number there that you would have been comfortable with, and I think the the state leaders I think did a pretty good job of driving that number down from what it was originally. Um, and I and I know that taxpayer money. Anytime you talk about that. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's an emotional issue for, for a lot of people. Um, but I also get the investment end of it. Anything in life, whether you're talking about, um, no matter what it is that you're doing, what cities are trying to do all the time when they give tax breaks to industries to come here, you're investing in your, you're investing in them, hoping that you end up reaping the, the benefits through jobs, tax revenue, and all that kind of stuff that it ultimately pays off for you. Uh, do you, do you, do you feel like, and I know that, uh, uh, again, I was with you on, on some of your columns being critical of it. Do you think that this has a chance to work out, not just for the A's, which I think it could if they do the right thing, but for the state itself? 
I mean, yeah. I mean, eventually, I do think. I, I think right now, um, like you said, Vinny, it's an emotional. It's an emotional conversation. It's emotional time. I'm. I'm still not in support of public. You know, necessarily public funding bringing mm-hmm. the A's here, and especially given their track record in particular. Right. But if things change, and it, you know, depending on what happens. Again, we've seen the appetite for sports here. We know it, in terms of Major League Baseball, this is a city with a rich history of, of Major League ba- in Major League Baseball, yeah. not with a team, but so many great players historically, past and present, yeah. have come from Las Vegas, right? Absolutely. So there is an emotional connection, I think, with Las Vegas and baseball. How will that play out with the A's? We'll have to see in time. They're going to have to do their part. They're going to have to. Right, absolutely. And, but, and based on what we've seen so far, I don't know if that's going to happen. Right. But – if it does, if they actually step up to the table and invest, then maybe you have a product the city's well, proud of. I, you know, putting myself in like Governor uh, uh, Lombardo. Lombardo's shoes, my message to the owner was: I would have sat myself in a room with him, John Fisher right, yeah. is the owner, and said, "Look, I'm not going to stick my neck out to the extent that I am," and he did, without some assurances that you that when you get here. You start acting like a big league team, and you start investing in this team as if you're a big league city, because this is a big league city. And don't just be a taker when you get here, and then reap all the benefits and not reinvest into your product to to, to give Las Vegas and Nevada a team that they're proud uh, to to call their own. That's a prerequisite. I mean, I, you I have think to, that's right? a, you have to. That's an absolute prerequisite. Um, I'm skeptical because of his track record yeah. in, in Oakland. But again, look if if things change and if he invests in this team and if the team again if it's a winner if it's a sustainable winner then regardless of what it took to get the team here i do think vegas right. will eventually come around whether i agree with it or not right i think that's the reality of the situation right. so we'll see how it plays out speaking of making an investment <laughs> the raiders uh have a uh have a running back in josh jacobs who uh, I sincerely, be- sincerely believe they want to invest in, um, in for the long term. To what extent, long term and running back <laughs> coexist? Uh, I don't know, um, like how many years that that would that would represent. But I do think that they sincerely want to sure. to to invest in Josh Jacobs uh, on the long term. Uh, but I think it's getting clearer by the day that their idea of what number makes sense and represents fair value is different from what Josh Jacobs and his camp feels is represents yeah. fair value, right? And we saw a tweet uh, on Tuesday from Josh Jacobs, and uh, I don't want to misquote him, but I think he said, bad business? We'll double check. Poor business? We'll We're going to get to that, but it was, it was bad business? Yeah. There you have it. It was two words, bad business. And uh, unless Josh was in line at Chipotle <laughs> and – they didn't uh, hook him up with enough steak when he asked for extra steak, which has happened before, by the way. Um, maybe he was having a, a, a day like that where it just didn't work out <laughs> someplace, and, and that's what he was talking about with bad business. Short of that, I think it's safe to assume yeah. that the tweet it was in reference to the impasse between he and the Raiders uh, and what we just talked about in terms of value. Uh, first and foremost, Josh Obviously, probably if we're reading the tweet correctly, anyway, expressing a little bit of frustration on how things are going. Absolutely, and and from his perspective, I get it. Yeah. I mean, so he I. just won the running uh, the, the rushing title. There's an understanding, and I think Vinny, the, the referendum on the running back position, right? This isn't just the 2023 thing. It's been the last 10, 15 or a Raiders years, thing necessarily, or a Raiders thing. This is yeah. around the NFL. And it's, I think it's a super fascinating and interesting topic because the way that the game has evolved, right, in the 70s, 80s, even the 90s, who you had 
your your running game specifically your running back helped drive winning in a way where it it just doesn't have the same effect anymore it's more about your running game as an operation now in 2023 as opposed to who the actual individual is right that being said josh jacobs is phenomenal like why if you're him and you're his representation and you know three four years maybe right you can't take anything anytime for granted especially at that position in the nfl in general you if you're him you're trying to get every dollar you can yeah you're the raiders understanding kind of the point i just made that we've seen teams have really effective running games with Fourth round picks, fifth round picks, rookie running backs, plugging guys. I can't even tell you where the Eagles led the league in rushing last year, right? Yeah, helped that their quarterback probably had about seven hundred or so yards, was their second leading uh, rusher. I can't tell you where their running back was drafted. It's you can man not a first round pick. You can manufacture a running game now by by investing in your offensive line scheme. Multiple running backs. That's that's the reality of the situation, and that's what we've seen some of the best teams in the NFL do. So right. from the Raiders' perspective, it makes sense, right? I, I, we They don't want to necessarily invest long-term in the running back position, and Josh Jacobs has earned big money, top dollar, based on his performance. So right. it's two sides that, I mean, it's it's understandable why we're at this point, and it's understandable why each party feels the way they do. Now right. it's about how do you rectify this. Right, and... Um... There's a July 17th deadline, which is less than three weeks away now. We're, it's, it's, we're, we're taping this on 11 a.m. on Wednesday, June 21st, so we're right around the corner. Right, yep. exactly. Less than, less than four less weeks than away. Yep. Less than a month away. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. If you were to ask me right now, do I think they get something done? No, I don't think. Mm. I think it's a long shot at this point. Mm. Um, so that leads, you know, to okay. Then what, what happens? All right, what happens? And just to back up a second, he's he's the the Raiders have designated their franchise tag to Josh Jacobs. That comes at a value of ten point oh nine million dollars. Mm. Um, so that's what. The Raiders would be paying Josh Jacobs fully guaranteed money, uh, $10.09 uh, million. The caveat to that is Josh hasn't signed the tag yet, or, or the tender uh, yet. So he's technically um, not even, he's not under contract uh, with the Raiders. Uh, they're still trying to work out a deal. They have until July 17th. Uh, that's the deadline uh, under the franchise tag rule, which if you get if you don't get something done long-term by July 17th, then the player is obligated. The only option is to, well, there's two options. One, play under the franchise tag, or B, don't play at all. So um, we'll get into what, you know, uh, the, the likelihood of either one of those uh, two, two options for Josh Jacobs. Uh, I am seeing, you know, there's, 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 this is that weird time of year where people are writing a bunch of stuff and saying a bunch of stuff that doesn't necessarily have much merit uh, or make a lot of sense. But we'll go through, for sake of argument, uh, some of those, some of those type of deals. One is the Raiders um, could trade Josh Jacobs. All right, so could it happen? Sure, anything could happen. But what would that represent? Number one, it would represent a team saying. We're going to give the Raiders fair value in draft pick compensation, or you know, I guess you could say a player too. Mm-hmm. But let's just say draft pick compensation mm-hmm. for Josh Jacobs. Which, and then on top of that, they're going to have to then do what the Raiders haven't been able to do, get which is sign deal. Josh Jacobs. Because why would he go anywhere else under the same terms or the same right. thing? 
it's unlikely that number one, a team is going to meet whatever the Raiders designate as fair value for them. Because if, if, if Josh plays this year under the tag and then leaves next year as a free agent in March, they're going to get probably, let's say a fourth round pick compensation. So that's their starting point. Like yep. nothing below that and probably nothing, even um, the equivalent of that, because that pick is down the road somewhere. Right, right. They have Josh Jacobs right now, and they have his production right now. He means more to them on the team, thousand percent, than he does off. So uh, a trade could happen, but it would, but it would. Uh, it, the only way it could happen is if somebody blows their socks off, and then decides that they're going to sign Josh Jacobs to a long-term deal, which. From another team's perspective, <laughs> why does that make sense when there's Dalvin Cook for for, for just money right now? Yeah, yeah. Ezekiel Elliott is yep. a free agent right now. Um, Kareem Hunt is a free agent right now. So if there's a running back needy team out there, why don't they first look there before ever considering trading for somebody who they're, they're going to have to give up a draft pick asset or a player and then and then, and then sign the max yeah max dollars or a premium extension right? So I don't, yeah, it doesn't it it's really a unique situation is is there a precedent i mean Le'Veon bell a few Which years a ago bad precedent and and it did not work out for him i right. mean he went he goes on to new york he went never, on a journey it was like a sat out a year went on to new york and was never the same player right. again now did he get you know taken care of to a certain point sure but it, it cut his nf he was in a situation in pittsburgh where he was the best running back in the nfl at that time and it it, it all wrapped quickly and i guess that's Kind of the point of wanting long-term dollars is because you never know when it's going to go at right. that position. Well, and and the scenario that uh, that Sam just presented was represented an option that does exist for Josh Jacobs, and that is sitting out all of twenty twenty-three. Is that Le'Veon set out the Le'Veon? Entire I believe set out the twenty eighteen okay. season. So a that's money that he'll never get back. I don't care what he ended up making with the Jets. He still lost a full year's guaranteed salary in twenty eighteen, which there's no way to account for that moving forward. So he lost that money and then was never the same uh, after that uh, anyway. And I'd go back and look to see exactly what he signed for, but um, it probably wasn't worth it in, in, in the long run. So if you're asking, could Josh Jacobs sit out in protest this year? Again, it's possible, but is it likely? Is it probable considering it's $10.09 million That's this year? Yeah. If, if I'm Josh Jacobs and it comes to that, um, I would imagine that the best scenario for him at that point is just get your money, play ball out this year, and then you could always revisit it with the Raiders again at the end of next year um, and, and try to come to terms with it on a new deal or just leave as a free agent to the team of your liking for the money of that satisfies you. That seems more likely, right, than I would, sitting I, out? Yeah, I would, I would say so. I mean, look, I don't know what – I mean – we haven't talked to Josh Jacobs in quite some time. I think when we last talked to him at the Pro Bowl, there was an understanding that the fret fr- that, that that we might get to this point. He was definitely he made it clear that the franchise tag was not something he wanted to play under. But here we are now in June, and and the situation hasn't really changed. If anything, right, based on that tweet, it seems like it's a little bit more tenuous. So, it's 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 the I think kind of one of the main the main things looming over this this Raider team right now. We know what he meant to that that offense last season. Sure, it was a six and eleven team. It didn't make the playoffs, but can you imagine if he didn't rush for sixteen hundred no, yards? No doubt. Like where then where would you? Do be? you think if you're the Raiders, um, do you think you're better off? Um, getting less, and and and, and I don't. Well, I'll ask the question. Yeah. Do you think you're better off as an offense actually getting less than that from Josh Jacobs 
with the potential that you're going to make it up in other areas to maybe actually improve your offense a little bit. You I, know I mean, what I'm yeah, yeah, more a little bit more balance, a yeah. little bit. You want to have a better passing game. I mean, right. that's just like, the passing game. The Raiders' passing game underachieved last year. Yeah, it just is what it is. Devontae Adams didn't under underachieve. No, but pretty much everybody else that was part right. of the passing game, save for the offensive line, which I thought held up pretty well. Right. It the, just the unit wasn't what you thought it could be. So if you get some balance and, and have a more explosive passing game, then you're going to have a better offense. Right. And also, um, you, you, you as, a, as an organization, a coaching staff, you might want – you might accept less production from Josh Jacobs um, himself. Yeah. Uh, which also, by, by way of maybe reducing his usage, which, by the way, I think we – you may have write, written a column about it at some point last year, or we may have, we may have been talking about that. Is this the best way to use Josh Jacobs? Mm-hmm. Like you're literally, like he had over 300 carries. Yeah, it was a it big was, workload. It was a little too much. Like I felt like that's probably too much. Um, it worked for last year. He stayed healthy, miraculously so. Um, and he was extremely durable, and I give him all the credit in the world for that. But is that sustainable to 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 run him that many times when when maybe you can? Offset it a little bit with a Zamir White sure. or a Britton Brown. Yeah, I mean that's it's never bad to have depth, and even if you do bring Josh Jacobs back, like again, that's you, that was a huge workload. That's a workload we don't necessarily see the modern running back have anymore. I would have never thought in a million Derrick years. Henry going into last year that he was going to be a that almost a seventeen hundred yard guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was an unbelievable. It was one of the greatest single seasons in Raiders franchise history right. from an individual player. So with that being said, it's totally understandable that, hey, I, look, if I'm him, I want my money too. Yeah, and what's so weird about that situation is that uh, everything right now uh, through analytics and studies and, and you know, people that uh, they're way smarter than me and you, maybe not you, but definitely me. Um, <laughs> Don't sell yourself. Are, are, basically, are basically saying it's not a good idea to pay a running back on a second contract big money it just there's there's a breaking point there um and and when when i i would i would imagine that every good business out there was forget sports but every everybody bases something on analytics yeah. and information and data and all that's where we're, we're a data-driven society and when when the data says don't do something is a good business to go against what those statistics and analytics are saying well to get to your point you talk about a couple of running backs. You mentioned them earlier that got long-term deals. <laughs> Free agents now. Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel yeah. Elliott. They were paid handsome, extremely handsomely. How did that work out for the respective teams? You know, not bad, but not necessarily great. Right. Right. Derrick Henry, another long-term contract. It looks like he's, you know, towards the end of his prime. I don't want to – you don't want to put anything past King Henry, but – Look, he's going to be 30 by next postseason and still owed a lot of money. Christian McCaffrey, the Panthers gave him that contract and then traded him expeditiously. So you see some, I don't know, regret maybe from from some of these. I don't know if that's the right term because, again, these players are all very productive. I think specifically with the Titans, their structure is around their running game maybe more than Minnesota's or Dallas's was with Ezekiel Elliott or even Carolina's once Christian McCaffrey went down. But – what do you have to necessarily show for it, right? I, think- I was just going to say that, like, all those teams that you just mentioned, uh, short of now the Niners with McCaffrey, um, and I think they're we'll, – we'll see what happens with their quarterback situation, but I think they're kind of built to win. But if you go back to his Carolina days and you go back to Ezekiel and the Cowboys, you go back to – the Titans and um, and Derrick Henry and uh, we might be missing even the Dalvin Cook. Cook. Yeah, I mean, not even a close to sniffing a Super Bowl, right? For any of those teams, I know that the the Titans end up going to the AFC Championship game one year. Yeah, yeah. Um, but 
you know, that, that, you, it was a surprise. It was very, yeah. The, was Titan, the Titans are very unique, and, and, and that's just kind of. Is a running back going to lead you to the promised land? In 2023, it hasn't happened yet. It, it hasn't happened in, I don't know, since when? It, it, the 90s, the 80s? Right. I mean, it's been a long time. The game's changed. The game has evolved. Uh, do you remember who the Chiefs uh, running back was when they won the uh, Super Bowl, their, their first Super Bowl? <laughs> Damian Williams, right? Right? Yeah. Like yeah. last year was Pacheco. Yeah. A seventh round pick. Yep. You can man. You you can if it's again. It's more about again. No disrespect to the great running backs of the game, but the it's more about the unit as a whole now as opposed to the 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 individual right. player, which sucks for running backs of because course. you grow up being a running back and you get to this point where you're Josh Jacobs. You have this amazing year. You want to cash in. We want to cash in for it, and this is the situation you're in. So, it's you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. I get the side of the player, I get the side of the franchise, and lo and behold, this is the byproduct. You know, uh, you know what the uh, the shortest uh, shelf life positions are. The two positions that have the shortest shelf life in football. Go on, running back, mm-hmm. linebacker, mm. especially that inside linebacker. You're hitting every play, <laughs> sometimes against each other. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like yeah. whether you're tackling the running back or taking him on as a blocker. Um, uh, it's just a very violent physical sport. And, you know, people can make the argument, well, offensive linemen and defensive linemen get hit every every day, which is true. But that's more hand-to-hand combat. It's not the collisions. It's not the Full running, like that, yeah. you know, and just bang, like you just said, uh, th- those types of collisions. So it makes sense that those two positions um, are the, are the uh, shortest lo- uh, shelf life. And then also those two positions are starting, we're starting to see definitely with running back. And I think with, especially those inside linebackers, look at the guys that are not getting their fifth year option picked up mm-hmm. for this year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a handful of them are inside linebackers that just teams are like, we're not going to give you that second. That's yeah. It's the running back in the defense now where exactly. you can find value right. at that position and get production. It's just a hard one, and you know, I know some some people say, "Well, it's owner driven." I don't think owners care, honestly, who gets the money. They write a check. They say, "Okay, every year it's forty nine percent of uh, revenue goes to the players. That's what shapes your salary cap." Yep. I think owners are telling their general managers, I "Look, I'm I'm basically giving you 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 got two thousand two hundred and thirty seven million dollars to spend. You spend it how you think." we need to spend it as a, as a team. It's not owners trying to pocket more money or anything like that. They're writing this. It's, it's the distribution trying to put together the best football of team that, possible. of that, uh, of that salary cap money. And it's, and it's a difficult one. And, and uh, I think it's, it's fair to feel for Josh Jacobs coming no off the year that he's coming no off. Doubt. Um, but again, kind of a rock in a hard place uh, due to the position that he plays and, and how that position uh, is, is, is uh Valued monetarily. All right, so we're we just talked about how we're about four weeks away from training camp. Yeah, believe yeah, it or not, it's yeah. going to be here before we know it. Um, this is a time of year that uh, coaches and teams kind of hate because you just you say goodbye to the guys and you just hope that every one of them shows up it, <laughs> with yeah. no issues, top condition. You know what can happen? Yeah, conditioning, anything um, can happen between now and training camp. So uh, everyone, all every team kind of holds their holds your breath a little bit um, to make sure everybody stays safe and sound uh, and out of trouble, frankly, let's be honest uh, uh, about it. But um, what do you, what do you, uh, as these four weeks get ready to unfold, uh, anything that you're focused on or anything that you're anxious to see once camp actually does start? Well, um, the health of Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. in addition to where the, where Josh Jacobs, what he's going to be doing, that I think is the other kind of key 
storyline for this offense is where is he going to be at health-wise, and, and then if, if he's healthy, how quickly does he develop a rapport? How quickly can this offense get in sync? You would think, again, the familiarity with Josh McDaniels expedites that process a little bit. He's not going into a brand-new situation, but – is the foot going to hold up? It, it, will it hold up? Yeah. What's the quarterback situation going to look like? Um, it, 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 for everything we've seen, heard, shouldn't be necessarily a problem. Is that posturing? Bulls, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. We're going to find out. Um, but if the offense is intact, if Josh Jacobs is back there, if Jimmy Garoppolo uh, is stays healthy, you have, like we talked about, Vinny, you have the makings of an offense that I think is going to be able to score some points regardless of, of how young this defense right. is. I think it was the great George Clinton who said, feet don't fail me now. Yeah. Uh, I think Jimmy's looking at that foot and says, foot don't fail me now. Because to your point, um, and I, he's played on some explosive 49er teams without question. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of those 49er teams also were more defensive driven, yep. kind of you know managing it offensively. I would be hard-pressed to say that he has played with an offense that has more tools than he's going to have with the with the with the Raiders with Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfrew, who I thought looked good yep. uh, in OTAs and might uh, be uh, a sneaky pick to have one of those kind of comeback years. Um, you know, I know that he wouldn't win, win that award, but but I think that people are, might be sleeping a little bit on Hunter Renfro right now. You throw in Jac- uh, 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 Jacoby Myers, you throw in. Uh, DeAndre Carter, who I thought looked explosive uh, during OTAs and minicamp. Michael Mayer, when he gets on the field. Austin Hooper. There's a lot, Josh Jacobs, uh, when he gets out there. There's a lot to like if you're a quarterback on this team. I think so, too. And, and again, for the style, not that Jimmy Garoppolo can't throw the ball deep. I'm not saying that. But we know he's at his best getting the ball out quickly, distributing it over the middle, the tight ends and whatnot. There's going to be players that, that – he's going to be able to get right. the ball to and, and and in quick with quick decisions or whatnot. And then you have Devontae Adams, of course, who does everything. He can right. still do everything. Of course, he wants the ball deep down the field, but he's really good after the catch. He's really good yeah. with short stuff too. And, and there's a lot of, I think, I, I, you know, playmakers for, for Garoppolo to distribute the ball to, provided he's healthy. So with that being said, it, it all comes down to, like, feet don't fail me now. Yeah. This is a huge, not only inflection point, I think, for the Raiders, but obviously for Jimmy Garoppolo in his NFL career, he's still only 31, despite I think everything that he's been through at this right. point. Um, of course, he wants to keep playing ball, so yeah. we got to got to see how that yeah uh, finishes out. I, I've been watching a lot of footage of Jimmy going back to his uh, New England days. He can throw the ball long. Yeah. I, I, yep. I, I sometimes wonder if he was, and and even with the 49ers, where he wasn't necessarily asked to do that. Uh, there's a lot of uh, video proof. Yeah. That he can He's he capable, can throw it downfield, sure. and I think that um, to your point, uh, the, the the weapons and how they're going to be utilized uh, this year is, and especially when you're talking about the run game, um, could lead to taking shots downfield. Like yeah. if you're gonna if you're a defense and you gotta you gotta worry about Josh Jacobs, and if you're a defense and you have to obviously account for a Hunter Renfro and some of the things that um, we saw them doing during OTAs underneath, where if you're successfully um, you know, uh, uh, executing those types of plays, inevitably defenses are going to start creeping up a yep. little bit, trying to take that away, and that's where the 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 you know downfield might open up a little bit. And there's plenty of evidence that he can make those types of. And throws. he wasn't playing with a again very good offense yeah. in San Francisco, but the skill sets of the personnel was a little different, right? right. Devontae Adams 
is one of the best deep receivers in the in the league. As great as Debo Samuel is, he's so much better at a number of other things yeah. than necessarily going deep. So yeah. it's I, I think it's going to look a little different too because of the personnel. Because you have Devontae Adams and, and he gets open in different ways. Right. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Um, you know uh, that's going to do it for for uh, this week. Um, we're counting the days here, just like you guys are. Uh, but in a couple of weeks, we'll be turning that calendar, and it will be July, and the Raiders uh, are expected to start training camp sometime in July at the end of July. So we can literally say. Starting in a couple of weeks, yeah. the NFL season starts this month. So um, can't wait for that. Uh, we're going to be here with you guys every step of the way. Don't worry about that. We want to thank you. I know Sam uh, feels the same way for all the support, all the listenership, all the readership, whether you're looking at Vegas Nation for the videos or the great content um, or, or anything that we do, columns, everything. Uh, we, 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 it's a one-stop shop, right? Yeah. For Raider coverage. And when you talk about the Las Vegas Review uh, Journal in particular, uh, all the sports here uh, in Las Vegas, which uh, uh, is, inclu- is going to be added to here uh, pretty soon. And we're, we're anxious and excited about all that. Until next week, thank you to all of your the listeners. Thank you to Larry Muir, our great producer. Uh, and thank you to Station Casinos, STN Sports, Blue Wire, and Las Vegas Review. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there.